Sports Talk New York with your hosts, Mark Rosenman and A.J. Carter. Sports Talk New York is sponsored in part by Prince Associates, Send in the Clowns, The Phoenix Tube Company, CelebrityTrips.com, The Law Firm of Decalator Cohen and DePrisco, Solomon Jewelers, and Relish Restaurant of Kings Park. Here are your hosts. Mark and AJ. Joining us now is a man who's been on our show numerous times over the past nine and a half years. His amazing career in baseball started while a student in college because of a letter he wrote to then-Yankee Public Relations Chief Bob Fischel. The rest, as they say, is history. Name of position, he has held it. Head of the New York Yankees Public Relations staff. Member of the Commissioner of Baseball. Emmy as the executive producer of the Yankee Telecast, award-winning author of countless best-selling books, as well as numerous b- magazine articles for Sport Magazine, Baseball Digest, Beckett, Sports Collectors Digest, and others. Uh, Pinstripe Empire, the New York Yankees from before the babe to after the boss, was the first narrative history of the team since Frank Graham's 1943 publication. He joins us now to talk about one of the many amazing people he has met along that journey, the, the late... Gene Stick Michael, who passed away this week at age 79. We always appreciate him taking time out of his busy schedule to join us. The one, the only, Marty Appel. Welcome, Marty. Well, thank you, guys. Thanks for having me on. Um, we're still kind of swallowing hard at the news of the passing of Gene Michael. And flattering though you were about naming the different positions I've held, doesn't hold a candle of the career that Gene Michael had. <laughs> you know, we were talking about that before. It's very interesting. And, and, you know, that's one of the questions. And since you brought it up, you know, you take a look at all the different subjects that have been written uh, on Yankee players for books. And I don't think there's one that you could name that held as many positions with the New York Yankees as Gene Michael has. Why don't you think there has been a, a biography written about Stick at this point? Well, you just made me laugh. Thank you. <laughs> because, because he and I had this conversation many times, and uh, he every time we'd have the conversation, he'd always laugh and say, not as long as they send me a new contract every winter. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's funny. Um, you know, you joined the Yankees Public Relations Department in 1968. Um, as an eight-year-old, I remember those Yankee teams very well. Obviously, Jerry Kenny, Horace Clark, Gene Michael. Yeah. And, not, not one of the better teams no. in the Yankee history. And an aging Mickey Mantle right. kind yeah. of composed the infield. What's your first recollection of, of meeting Gene Stick Michael? Um, well, he was uh, one of the first players who learned my name. And believe me, when you're just starting out and you're the fan mail clerk, that means a lot. I mean, I can tell you right now, Bobby Cox, Ruben Amaro, Rocky Calavito, uh, and Gene Michael, they learned my names and my name, and that was a wonderful moment for me. Uh, he was the shortstop when I joined the team in 1968. He was a terrific fielder. He wasn't much of a hitter, um, even though he was a fairly big guy, but he didn't have much upper body strength, so fielding was his game. Um, it's hard to imagine now he, his career as a player was back to 1958 when Ted Williams and Stan Musial were still active players. He had such a long career, and as you say, he did everything, and he did things you don't even know about, like driving the team bus in the minor leagues for extra money. Um, That's why he never, the term I used the other day, he never big-leagued anybody, because he'd done every job, and he always had time for you. He was never like, um, you know, well, now I'm general manager or now I'm manager. I don't have time for you. 
He was never like that. He was always just a regular, regular guy. You, know, you, you once wrote that every year somebody would come to spring training and challenge Stick Michael for his job at shortstop. And it seemed yep. like every year he would prevail. What was it about him that with a two twenty nine batting average, he was able to hang in there for that many years as the Yankee shortstop? Well, to be honest, what was there about him was that they just couldn't get anybody better. I mean, <laughs> Jim Mason and Frank Baker and just, you know, they weren't very good ball players. Frank Tepidino. So, yeah, well, Tepidino was a first, first baseman. Right. He, he, he kept the job because they just didn't have anybody else. And that was part of the reason that the Yankees in those years weren't very good. But... Um, as a PR guy with the team, boy, he was a PR guy's dream because there was nothing you could ask of him that he wasn't there to do. Can you go out to Bergen County and make this Tuesday night speaking engagement at this boys' club? I'm there. Uh, would you mind going out on the field, even though you're not in uniform yet, to pose for pictures with the sponsors' families? I'm there. You could always count on him to do it because uh, – he knew that's kind of what kept him in the game, just being a good, available guy. If you just tuned in, we're talking to Marty Appel on the life of Gene Michael. You know, you mentioned that he was a public relations man's, you know, dream. Uh, part of that, kind of, you know, indirectly, you're a big part of the Yankee dynasty of the 90s because you put into George Steinbrenner's ear after Gene finished his playing career that he might be a good fit organizationally, correct? That's correct. I'm glad you brought it up because I'm so <laughs> proud of that. But he, uh, in April of 76, he was with Boston, and he never got into a game, so you're not going to find Boston uh, in you know baseballreference.com or where you look up his record. But he never played a game, and at the end of the month, they released him. So uh, we had a phone conversation. I, I, as I recall now, I think I just called him to say I was sorry he was released. Um, and then something came over me where I thought, gee, he's a good guy. He did so much for this organization. And I went to Mr. Steinbrenner. I can still picture walking in the office. He's sitting at the big round desk. And I said, um, you know, it'd be great if we could find a place in the organization for Gene Michael. He was always there for us. He's really a good organization man. Now, to be honest... I was thinking of some community affairs <laughs> position. <laughs> I didn't think he was going to be the general manager someday. But uh, Mr. Steinbrenner said, who didn't know him very well, but Mr. Steinbrenner said, have him give me a call. So I called Stick, and Stick called Mr. Steinbrenner, and there began his long and illustrious Yankee front office career. Unbelievable. Now, yeah. you posted, you know, for, for people... That have Facebook. If you want a, a gr two great follows, I'm going to give you two great follows tonight, and, and you can thank me for this. One is Marty Appel, great follow on Facebook, and the other is Fritz Peterson. Fritz Peterson, oh, every day has some great, you know, old time. Ryan, you might not appreciate it because it's not of your era, I th but I AJ I and I, I might. Kind of you might. All right. You so you posted a tremendous story the other day about Gene, Bill Veck, and a clown. I would love for you <laughs> to, to relate that story to our audience tonight. Sure, happy to do it. So uh, that first year, 76, um, he made Gene Michael uh, an eye-of-the-sky coach, meaning he would position himself in the second or third deck with a walkie-talkie, communicating with the dugout, helping to position players defensively. Uh, at the time, that was a fairly advanced idea for baseball, 
not every team agreed with doing it. Um, and we were playing in Chicago, a regular season game, and there was Stick with his walkie-talkie. Bill Veck hated everything about the Yankees. He was the owner of the White Sox, a Hall of Famer now. And he just hated walkie-talkies, hated the Yankees, hated Mr. Steinbrenner. So he wouldn't let Gene Michael into the press box to do this. So Stick went and bought a ticket <laughs> in, the, in the mezzanine. And he's sitting there doing his thing from a paid ticket. And that wasn't enough for Bill Veck, because then he went out and he hired a clown in full costume. Now, maybe he had the clown costume in his office, and one of the front <laughs> office people was wearing it. I don't know. But so all of a sudden, the clown shows up and sits next to Stick. Uh, he's got that next to Stick ticket. <laughs> so <laughs> um, this looked so ludicrous, and it was intended to just embarrass Gene Michael and force him to get up and leave. But Stick wouldn't be embarrassed by that. He had a job to do. So he bought the clown a beer, <laughs> and as the game went on, he kept buying him more beers, and the two of them were taken in the ball game together, and Stick got his job done. <laughs> and he was not wearing an Apple, an Apple Watch, watch for you people yeah, out there, watch, just right, so you yeah. know that. Uh, now we've come a long way from walkie-talkie. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> 37 members of the New York Yankee organization have been honored in Monument Park. 22 have had their uniform numbers retired. Given all that Stick Michael has meant to the Yankees over the years, can you see him getting a plaque out in Monument Park? I'd love to see it. It wouldn't be hard to fill up that plaque with, uh, you know, a summary of his career. It would be a, a wonderful thing to see, but not part of what I'm involved in. I'll leave that to the good people at the Yankees. Derek Jeter had this to say this week. Uh, Gene Michael was not only largely responsible for the sex, success of the Yankees organization, but also for my development as a player. He was always accessible and willing to share his personal knowledge as well as support. He'll be greatly missed. My thoughts and prayers go out to his entire family. You know, Gene was a journeyman, play, a journeyman player at best, but he was a student of the game. So many players point to his knowledge of his game, his scouting reports, Reggie Jackson, in fact, credits his three home runs in the World Series based on Gene Michael's scouting reports. I know that over the years you have had the opportunity to sit and, and talk to Gene Michael at length. What was it about him that allowed him to see the game differently and to be able to translate that knowledge so clearly, whether it be in scouting reports, whether it be in player development, whether it be in, in analyzing a player's worth to an organization? Oh, he could see so much, even in one pitch, and I remember as a kid reading a book about John McGraw once. And John McGraw, it was said, uh, could tell a lot about all his players off one pitch, just seeing how they shifted their bodies and how they moved at their respective positions based on the situation, based on the pitch. And Stick, in that sense, was like a modern John McGraw. He had such vision for everything, having played a key position shortstop, he really knew about the body dynamics and how fast you get to position and how fast you react to a swing. Uh, it was wonderful to see him in action because just his idle commentary as we were watching a player was, was such a fundamental knowledge of the game. You know, you take a look and see all the things he did in setting up that Yankee dynasty of the 90s. He did it at a time when George Steinbrenner was under suspension by Faye Vincent for the Howie Spearer incident with Dave Winfield. Do you think, speculating, if Steinbrenner had not been suspended, would Stick Michael have been able to create the Yankee dynasty? 
I think probably not. I think that's what history would teach us. So, uh, you know, that he has long held that honor of being the guy who put a stop to the way the Yankees had done business to that point, which was basically trading away their best prospects for veteran players that you knew what they were going to give you. Um, but he had such confidence in his own ability to scout players and forecast whether they were going to be able to play at the major league level that uh, once given the opportunity to make that call, that was it. He was, he was there, and it changed the fortunes of the Yankees. Now, since you know him since 1968, do you have a favorite Gene Michael story? Um, no, no, not in the sense that it's you know worth a long story. I just remember often we'd go to uh, out for a dinner together, and just his oversight. Oh, yeah, here's one because um, it was just a few years ago we were talking about whether the Yankees should re-sign Ichiro, uh, and because he was stick went back so far, and so did I, and came out of the Pirates organization. He just happened to say over dinner, uh, Ichiro is Matty Alou. Now, a lot, of your, a lot of your listeners are not going to get that, but a very, very similar kind of right. ball players. Lots of hits, not a lot of RBIs, uh, just, you know, gets on base a lot. And, anyway, he's so loved that I was recalling Matty Alou, who he liked a lot, and I was able to make that comparison that even he hadn't made in his head. So I felt great. He made me feel great that I could make that comparison. Uh, and now that you're asking for one story, that's my story. Matty Alou, wow, the, the Alou brothers, uh, three yeah. outfielders. Yeah. And, and, you know, it's, uh, haven't heard that name in a long time. And interesting, you know, again, you, you go back to the history of baseball, and Gene Michael was traded for Maury Wills. Wills right. That's, that's incredible that's, as well. You know, you take a look at what <laughs> Maury Wills, you know, how many stolen bases he had and, and what type of player he was. Very interesting as well. Uh, Marty, we always appreciate you coming on our show. We always look forward to it. Uh, and we always ask you when you're going off at the end of the interview if you have anything in the works so we can look forward to your next book and the next time maybe you're on. Finally, the Gene Michael book. Well, right, maybe. <laughs> but we, because we don't owe, I mean, I think the last time, you know, we've had you on to unfortunately remember a lot of people over the last couple of years as well but uh any books in the works right now no nothing at the moment i've been doing publicity on my casey stengel book since it came out in march and it's still doing well and people are still interested in interviewing me about it so that's been nice and that's keeping me busy most of this year so far Excellent, and we, we, we did that as soon as it came out as yeah. well, so yes. we appreciate that. All right, Marty, be good, and we hope to speak to you soon. Thanks for having me on, guys. Our pleasure, Marty Appel.